So when I blew up my account after that into the summer, it was, I was going into my senior year and I really had to take time for myself to recoup and really just get a grasp of like my head, you know, cause everything was spinning out of control. So you made and lost 80K, is that correct? Oh, just about, I think I was down to like 14,000. Man, then December, 2019, uh, I was at TCU in, down in Fort Worth. I drove over to the Cobra brokerage office and gave them like the remainder of my account in like check form. Like you can mail it, open me an account. <laughs> and then, <laughs> then I start shorting again, little no luck, massive volatility comes back. Next thing I know, there's so many people that just don't know the rules of trading and they're just getting dumped on every day. And it was right back to business with the gapping craps. You're listening to the Steady Trade Podcast. The Steady Trade Podcast. A podcast that inspires traders to make meaningful strides and pursue their passions. Together, we'll sit down with experts to talk about their process, the lessons they've learned, and discuss how all traders can level up their trading careers. Here are your hosts, Tim Bowen and Stephen Johnson. Welcome back to the Steady Trade Podcast, everyone. I am Tim Bowen, back with my co-host, Steven Johnson, and we've got Jack Dan slash Jack Schwartz here today. Got a lot to talk about. Jack's been really crushing it lately. And then he's got an interesting kind of approach to trading, a little bit more of a, of a, of a quant type idea. So a little bit different than, than we've talked about. Most of, uh, you know, most of, of the stuff we talk about a lot of the time is, you know, Steven's just blindly shorting any stock that's up more than 1.5% uh. on the day. <laughs> And then uh -huh. I'm just looking to short or I'm just looking to buy when he covers his short and then and then and then sell higher. So, you know, that's been about 200 episodes of the Steady Trade podcast. So <laughs> Jack's got a little bit more of a sophisticated approach and and we're going to go over that today. So uh, so welcome, Jack. Welcome, Stephen. Uh, let's get right into it. So let's do it. Uh, just also just a, just a w welcome, Jack. I think you started out in 2016, if I'm right. Yep, back in February. I think I'm about a, a year behind you and stuff like that. So I, I'm just curious to know, like, how was your journey? How how are things progressing? How did you start out? And mm -hmm. I, and I also, if I've done my research properly, did you blow up an eighty eighty thousand dollar account somewhere along the oh, way? Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah uh, Twenty nineteen. <laughs> yeah, I just love to hear the story. Yeah, the struggle because like I blew up a bunch of accounts too, and uh huh. Just, just to get the truth, do you know what I mean? Yeah, trading, totally. Trading totally. sucks sometimes, and it's hard, but it's very rewarding in the end. Dude, I know. Like, sometimes trading is just, I can't even stand it. It <laughs> is, like, the worst thing in the world. It's a lot of fun, has some great benefits, but it, it can really just twist your mind up. And that's that's really actually where I went wrong with my blowing up. But kind of back to the beginning. It started in 2016 in February. I had a $2,000 account, and I was always very well risk-managed. Uh, I would make sure to only lose, like, 20 bucks a day or like 30 bucks on a trade, something like that. And I can really attribute that to the longevity and like how I was able to stay in the game and keep, right. I mean, I guess coming back for more punishment, it turned out, <laughs> but I mean, staying in the game, that's first and foremost, the number one thing you need to do when you're starting out. Um, I mean, I pretty much bled that account down into 2017, January. I nailed my first big trade, which was DFF. DFFN, Diffin, at 4.2, held it overnight, and then I sold it into like 13. I made like 800 bucks. It was like a 220% gain. I still have the picture somewhere. <laughs> and But like having something like that, that's kind of what taught me the potential saying, okay, I wasted 
nearly a year to finally hit a really good trade, which almost put me back in the game. But if like you that, can, that that's that's the cool thing, just right off the bat, is is if yeah. you could, you know, that's the point I do want to make, and and I'm the king of interruptions, by the way. But but I, yeah. I want to focus on that point because to all those out there listening, I mean, the reason Jack could do that is because he took twenty dollar losses for a year. I mean, if you mm-hmm. take, you know, five hundred dollar losses, you're done in two weeks, and then here he says one trade almost puts him in the black, but that only works. If you got the $20 losses, the $15, the $30 loss. So go ahead. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But uh, seeing that potential and then I developed like a desire to just kind of replicate something like that. Because I'm like, okay, so it is possible to really make an insane amount of money because it was a $350 position, $300 <laughs> position. And <laughs> made nearly 750 bucks on it. But uh, then I bled that account down and then I... I wrote that account off. I'm like, all right, that's blown up. I got to re-up, get back after and keep working. Because I always believe that if there's a will, there's a way. I mean, there's other people crushing it. Why can't I do it? I just got to adapt and figure out where my biggest flaws are. And I will be honest, my whole background does get a little foggy just because I've bled so many times and (laughs) I've just suppressed those memories. But uh, let's see, enter college. I was a senior in high school when I started trading. So what got, real quick, what got you started? Like, like what was, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to, okay, I'm going to open a, bro- you know, again, because oh, yeah. this is five, you know, four or five years ago. It's, you know, I like to think it's still not quite, you know, it's nothing like today. I mean, geez, oh, I, yeah. I, I mean, you stop any 18 year old on the street and you're like, Hey, you got a Robin Hood account. And he's like, yeah, yeah. you know, so <laughs> I wake up every day for the market at nine o'clock Eastern. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I was actually like in the bathroom scrolling on Instagram and I come across Tim Sykes's uh, post and I'm like, Oh, that's sick. He just posted like a supernova of, I think it was Ford F O R D ticker. Yep. And I'm like, that's insane volatility. I'm like, why don't more people do that? And like I said, if there's a will, there's a way it's clearly possible for somebody to buy into those like parabolics and make money. And then couple that with senioritis. I didn't care about school. Didn't want anything to do with it. I was on the lacrosse team and lacrosse is a spring sport. I stopped going to practices because I'm like, okay, lacrosse is a dead end. Even if you make it to the pros, there's no money in that. So that's why I started trading. I'm like, I have free time. Let's use that free time for something. I'm trying to make some work. So that's how I uh, kind of really just got started. And then, so where are we, college? Yeah, yep, yep. College, it was just grind season all the time and then we'll kind of fast forward because that was more of the same you know just getting into a hot market where there's massive momentum in a sector and you make insane amounts of money like a thousand bucks here 1500 there and like that's really big for the account but then what happens after the uh, market shifts and it goes quiet you start to bleed out again because you don't have like a proper risk management adjustment process because there's one market where you can risk like two, uh, two R on a trade. And then another, you have to only risk one R. Yep. So and then, and then sometimes, I mean, like, you know, you look at even we're kind of in that chop fest right yeah. now, but you look totally. back to, a, you look back to a month ago and I mean, like everything came back too. It's like, it's like, I mean, especially as a newbie, even if you make bad decisions, you can make money during the times like that. Oh yeah. This last week, I mean, nothing comes back nothing. and it's, it's just, yeah. And so you have to stick to those stops. Mm-hmm. Can, I, 
just jump in quickly with a totally. random question that might ruin the flow and the interview, but just doing my job as a great co-host. Um, something that took years for me to figure out is to only put size on the best opportunities and to just sit quietly for the rest of the time. I just want oh, to yeah. get your opinion on that. Like, is it a case of just waiting for an A plus and then sizing big? Because you see Jack Kellogg does that. Oh yeah. Um, I, I see some other guys that do that. Do you do that? Is that some hidden secret? Uh, so when I was really kept getting into the flow of like building my account, you know, you're kind of in the boat with all these other Robin Hooders where everybody's just pushing on every single opportunity and it was working out both long and short side. But ever since, uh, I guess after the GameStop crash from 400 back in like January, February, 2021, um, that's kind of when I began only waiting for just the perfect opportunities defined by my criteria. And when those come around, I will just, I'll be able to dump size because I know it so well. And that's all I care about because you hit one of those opportunities and you really don't, I don't feel a need to trade anywhere else with big size. So the rest is passing time, just passing time, waiting. Yeah. Grinding a bit here, grinding a bit there, but the money comes from the odd trade, the big one. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like in, uh, you know, when it rains, it pours, right? Right. That's Beautiful. usually how I see. Beautiful. So, you know, market flips, all your setups are there. I'll be there pushing every day. If it's quiet, I will trade maybe like a tenth of the size I like to trade. And then I'll go work on my car or something. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And I think that's something, you know, that, that Stephen and I, you know, in the podcast and over and over again, you know, we, we push that idea of, you know, and again, you, you've mentioned several things that, that, you know, it's like staying in the game because, you know, and I'm assuming you'll agree, but it's like, you know, you got to find that one or two setups that are your core setups. And I mean, you can't do that in a week. You can't do that in a month. And again, if you're, if you're too aggressive and you're too oversized, you know, back to, like you said, number one thing is staying in the game. You'll never know what your best setups are if you're done in a month. I mean, you just can't figure it out. I don't care how much data you track. I don't care how much time you sit at the computer. It, you, you can't do it. So that that's, I think, is it, it, so important. And, and people, you know, they just want to press too hard. They want to make too much too fast and so on and so forth. So, Yeah. And I mean, I get it. Like, it's, right. it's a very attractive idea. You know, you just. <laughs> pick up trade, you make a ton of money. And then it's like, Oh, sayonara real world. But <laughs> it, it just can't work like that. If it worked like that, everybody would be retired. Right. So, so how long did it take you to kind of find that, you know, the, your, your a plus setups, your core mm-hmm. setups, et cetera. Uh, so, you know, I was always like studying just the short selling side, even from the beginning, because that's usually like all the content you see everywhere. And it wasn't even until like, Roland Wolf, where I actually discovered how to build a long account. And that was once I was already a couple of years into trading. But I did that, build my long account, and then I flipped to a trade zero broker account. And then from there, it was kind of just history. It was March 2019. Okay. And I mean, I just pushed everything. I really didn't have incredible risk management, but I was just pushing every single gap because that was one of those cycles where every gap just flops and it was incredible. Mm-hmm. So I built that from like $5,000, $6,000 account into about 80,000. What, what year was this? Cause I think I did the same thing. 2019. The gap price, right? 
Yeah, 2019. Oh, it's insane. A beautiful year. Very, very easy strategy. <laughs> Short whatever puzzles. <laughs> <laughs> Literally any gap. It was just awesome. Yeah, that was a good year for Gap Crafts. Yeah. yeah. And uh, then I got onto one like I think it was like OBLN or something. It was like a gap into the dollar range. It became super overcrowded. They're just ridden with algos and. I was just trying to like slam the gap and crap. It didn't work for a few times, but instead of just walking away, I just kept pushing. I'm like, Oh, it'll fall. It'll fall. And it wound up going to like the $3 over the next couple of days. But that's really where I took the big loss in my account. And then from there, my risk management just got sloppier and sloppier as I went down that whole downward spiral with it. <laughs> this, this sounds more or less where I am right now. Jack. Mm-hmm. So, so downward what, spiral. What? No, I mean I'm doing all right. I've I've yeah. kept a lot of what I've made, but your story is the same as mine. Just you're in the future. You're like mm-hmm. the future version. So, <laughs> I did the gap and craps. Uh huh. A couple of them stopped working. Oh yeah. Then then it spiraled. So mm-hmm. what happened next? Because it's like me talking to the future me. So when I blew up my account after that into the summer, it was I was going into my senior year, and I really just kind of said. I just can't trade right now. I was so sloppy with everything. So I really had to take time for myself to recoup and really just get a grasp of like my head, you know, because everything was spinning out of control. I'm like, okay, I'm going to graduate in a year. And I just lost all the money I worked for. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is not so you, a great so you, situation. So you made and lost 80K. Is that correct? Oh, just about. I think I was down to like 14,000. But like I said, I get... That's so tough. That's so tough, tough to take. Yeah, it was. It was <laughs> terrible. It's so tough. Terrible, man. And uh, man, then December 2019, uh, I was at TCU in, down in Fort Worth. I drove over to the Cobra brokerage office and gave them like the remainder of my account in like check form. Like, you can mail it. Open me an account. <laughs> and then, <laughs> then I started shorting again. Little no luck massive volatility comes back next thing i know there's so many people that just don't know the rules of trading and they're just getting dumped on every day and it was right back to business with the gap and craps where i built my account up to finally breaking the 100,000 area beautiful and then then i started diversifying with all the other strategies that i knew and i'm kind of just rotating between patterns now as cycles change can you give some of those patterns? I mean, I've, I'm going to guess that you've thrown the first red day in there because that's a standard one, especially on the multi-days. But can you give like some of the patterns just generally? Um, okay, some of the patterns. You obviously have like the day one gap and fades. Um, but oftentimes those get so overcrowded now that it just doesn't, doesn't work. work. Anymore. I'll maybe, doesn't I'll, work. No. Yeah, I'll maybe take a morning up. panic on it, take like a few thousand, then yeah. move on. Yeah, The best fades are going to be the ones that are just really chilling and then the volume's kind of uh down like yeah. and for those it's not really a pattern for me it's more of uh just like the data that i have on it yeah i i could honestly trade it without even looking at the chart uh, <laughs> just based on like the time of day and right. the volume push i'm like well right. that's it you know again <laughs> i i I know I'm the, I'm the old bastard here, but you know, it's like, I think back to, you know, I tell this story all the time, you know, 2007, 2008, 2009, that first four or five years of my career, it was like, I could, you could almost do, like you said, you could almost trade without a chart because if you gave me a ticker and just showed me the volume, I'd short it. And they'd all, they'd all die at the end of the day and they would all gap down because 
if that thing wasn't building volume, it was mm-hmm. over, man. And again, oh, yeah. it just ever, I mean, again, if, if there wasn't, you know, I always talk about that kind of, you know, you got that, like that U-shaped volume. And if you're heading oh, yeah. in the afternoon, I could, you know, I didn't at the time, but thinking back, I could have traded with a volume chart and a, and a ticker because oh, yeah. I already knew it was the big gainer of the day. Okay. And if you just showed me the volume, unless it was hitting like big volume candles, it was over. <laughs> it would close on the low and it would gap down the next day every single time, every time. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Tim, didn't you? Uh, that was you with the midday VWAP hold. I think you're the yes. one that exposed me that. Yeah. Nice. That, one, nice. that was also my like log strategy, <laughs> right? The heart of it. It was one I could always look for and like kind of figure out, find a risk in it. Beautiful. Yeah, that was Beautiful. awesome. You know, it's, it's, it's a simple pattern, but that's, you know, that's again, what we're trying to do here. We're Mm -hmm. geared towards, you know, newer traders and, you know, and and that's to the listener out there. I mean, it's like, you start with that, you start with these simple things because, you know, again, I think so many people overcomplicate things. Mm -hmm. You know, you start with as simple as possible. And then like we've said, or I've said three times, stay in the game. Then you start to diversify. Meanwhile, and listen, I'm as guilty as anybody back in 2007. You try everything, man. Oh, it's yeah. like, it's like you're, you know, you, you're, you know, again, I was shorting junk late day faders that would, you know, basically the opposite of the VWAP hold the VWAP fail, you know, and there'd be, there wouldn't be one. So then I'm, you know, I'm shorting freaking large caps and, you know, and doing all freaking all this trade, you know, my biggest, my biggest loss career date was trading fat FAS or FAZ. I can't remember which one, but the three X ETFs. Cause I'm like, well, there's nothing to short. So then, and then I take the biggest loss of my career on a three oh. X ETF. That I don't even know oh, what the fuck it does. I'm just like, I just wanted action, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, but Jack, I'm, I'm just curious, like, because this has happened to a lot of traders, right? Mm-hmm. You found a pattern, you made a lot of money. It stopped working. What did you do? Great question. Great question. Okay. So yeah, actually, like I said, with the gap and craps, they start getting so overcrowded. Like there'd be 20, 30 million shares a day. And those were like, that was like the low end of the, yeah. <laughs> the like, data. It's like, it's yeah, 50, 80, 100 million plus, And it's like, what the hell? But uh, I mean, when you see that, it's like all these algos, they're just looking to pretty much front run you. Yeah. I don't know. It's terrible. Yeah. So, I mean, you just stop doing it. And then those would also be the stocks that would do the moves like, it was like SCKT where it just spiked uh, from four to 30 in the same day. Yeah. yeah. So then I started diving into these aspects of, well, why don't I just wait for everybody to get ripped apart? Cause <laughs> yeah. you don't lose money by sitting on the sidelines. Well said. Yep. Can't, can't lose money doing that. So, so then I would start cleaning up after everybody gets blown out and that'd be one example or even what was the one earlier this week that traded like, 100 200 million i don't know ticker i didn't record it but i made like maybe like a thousand bucks on it yesterday and like it was a small trade it was probably like 10 cent gain or 15 cent gain but uh so yeah you just pick up the pieces from everybody else after it right yeah right which is that's i mean steven you know that's mm-hmm. that's what you're trying to do right now right i mean you're just, you're they're waiting you know you're you're trying mm-hmm. to be patient you're waiting for that you know looking for everybody to talk about blowing up then you want to enter <laughs> i mean i mean sometimes but i'm almost looking i mean the market's just not what it was maybe a few months ago but right. i'm thinking like if if people if shorts are getting drawn down 40 to 50 percent mm-hmm. why am i waiting when i can be long 
taking 40 to 50 percent so i'm kind of looking the other way on it Mm -hmm. yeah and actually that's where like my all my longings come from now it's because i know when like shorts are really screwed so just like smack the buy button (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know i think there's value in that again you know that that back to my bio it's like it's like i i recognize i mean you know and, and obviously this podcast isn't about me but i've told that story a million times it's like you know 2014 2015 I'm just like, this is not working anymore. I'm like, every, I get stopped every fucking time. I'm like, this didn't used to happen. And then that's where I started, you know, tracking data, you know, keeping an eye on these things. And then, then I flipped the switch in 2016. Cause I'm like, man, I'm, I'm done making 5% when I can make 50, 60, hundred, you know, on, on these moves. And again, not guaranteed, but it's like, it changed, it changed. Oh, yeah. So certainly yeah. did but i mean ju- just one final thing i'd like mm. short shorten at 9 31 on a first green day it's just not a thing anymore like, <laughs> it's just not a thing anymore unless, unless the stock's like four million pre five hundred thousand in the first minute then it's a thing then you don't oh, even yeah. look at the chart but yeah like, like they, lmdx they today yeah. i probably shorted that like 9 32 maybe yeah. added a little yeah. bit to my position but now i will add in that you know edsa uh, and that i mean you know, again, you know, COVID PRs. It's like, I mean, listen to those out there. If you get, if you hear this podcast soon, you know, like, like we're recording in October, 2020 and you want to short stuff, beg for a penny stock with a COVID PR. Cause I mean, you know, Edsa yesterday destroyed LNDX today destroyed. I mean, I mean, that's like your, I mean, if you can find one that look for it. So. Oh yeah. But uh, as far as like leading gappers go, it's not even worth like trying to short. You always got to wait for somebody to get pushed out. Otherwise, just don't even worry about it. Yeah, no, and it, it, it's a tough lesson to learn, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's a oh, tough yeah. lesson to learn. You need you need to take some losses, and then okay. uh, and eventually you learn. I mean, but the 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 one of the main takeaways I found, and probably that you found, is don't get married to a setup. Just accept that it doesn't work anymore. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So, I mean. So what were the setups that you kind of evolved into? What was the first setup that you'd like kind of learned that that got you away from the gap and crap or that other than the gap crap later? Uh, yeah. So one of them was like overextended gap downs, but like, it's not really, uh, I don't know if it's not like an official overextended gap downs, but it's just like a massive, massive exhaustion. Like people don't even want to trade the ticker anymore because they're so <laughs> sick and by it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. uh, yeah, but like it'll gap down like 30%. But I mean, it, you can really short into it and then it's going to fall like another three, four dollars. And then you can pick up the pieces there. Another one is like the super massive blowout low float moves. Those ones are some of the best for me, both on the long side and short side. Because I, I don't know why I see it the way I do. I tell people about it real time. They're like, you're an idiot. You're crazy. And then like, I'll make money long and then I'll make the money short, like at the top. And I'm like, (laughs) it's experience, man. Again, you know, it's like, and, and, you know, that that's where, you know, I, I respect, I mean, it's uh, again, you're, you, you, how old are you again? Uh, 23. You're 23 and you're freaking Mm -hmm. four or five years in, man. You, you spent a fifth of your life lifetime, (laughs) you know, in this. And and so it's like, and and so when people are like, Oh, I don't get it. It's like, they probably haven't, they probably don't have the seat time you have. Mm. I mean, again, that's, that's incredible. You know, shit. 
So, and that's what I attribute to like understanding just like how the market's cyclical nature moves because like um, even in college, like every single day, there would maybe be like two hours or three hours throughout the day where I wasn't watching the market, but that's because I was walking to class and looking at it on my phone, <laughs> uh, you know? <laughs> so, so what is that level of, of obsession to you? Because a lot of people like will say that they work really hard and it's, it's so easy, right? It's so easy to be like, oh, I work so hard and I'm so dedicated and yeah, friends. <laughs> oh, yeah. I always like, love when people are like, I always love it. Like when people are like, you know, obviously I'm a big reader. I, I, uh-huh. I, I, that's one of my big habits, but people would be like, man, I'm working so hard, working so hard, working so hard. And I'm like, well, Hey, here's like a book. And they're like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to read a book. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, people, <laughs> no, but there's, there's like, a good point. Listen, I'm not saying books are the path to success, yeah. but don't tell me you're fucking working so hard and you can't take six hours to read a book. It's like, you, oh, yeah. you ain't doing, you're sitting there dicking off on twitter all day long it's probably what you do. <laughs> oh yeah like even when i would work out at the gym i'd always have like trading audiobooks on i'd just be mm-hmm. i don't know I'd just be doing it all day yep so yeah so, so can i can i just ask like so mm-hmm. when, when a lot of people say the grinding it's a term that means a lot it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people so like what does actual grinding mean to you like if you say you're grinding what does it mean it means to me that you're exploring everything you're not just exploring your strategy but you're exploring the counterparts that would like break your strategy for example like uh you got to look at the losses in a certain setup that you like just as much as you look at like the good in it and then even that you have to look at like other different angles so you have to communicate with like probably other traders or even scroll on twitter and see like other people's charts and like think what were they thinking here you know because a lot of people they just want to sit and maybe watch like a couple video lessons but like you have to think, why is someone saying what they're saying? Like, right. what do they see? And, and, you know, and how mean, many hours is that grinding? If you're grinding a day, how many hours are you grinding? Oh, back when I started? Or like yeah. nowadays? Because nowadays it's not as much anymore. <laughs> but back when I started, it was probably like, I'd wake up around like 5, 40 or 6 a.m. I'm in central time. So that's just like right when pre-market opens standardly. And then I'd be studying all morning. Then I'd trade for the morning, probably study midday, trade again. I pretty much wouldn't get to bed till around 12 or 1. Nice. And by then, yeah. I would just like have my laptop on the floor, yeah. still looking at something, I'd just fall asleep. <laughs> so in, in, in essence, at the end of the day, you were, you know, in my opinion, you were spending as much time as you possibly could. I mean, ultimately... Oh, yeah. You had to pretend like you were going to class a little bit, you know, Oh yeah. you had to get to class, you know, but, but at the end of the day, you were spending as much time as you possibly could. Uh huh. Well, that was actually the summer of going into college. Okay. So everybody was going out to grad parties and I would just kind of would hang back and do my thing. And then in college, it was, it was more or less the same thing. I, would, I guess I would even study on like Friday and Saturday nights. Nice. I'd like walk my Chick-fil-A back to my dorm and just get, <laughs> just get after it. <laughs> So now, you know, you know, something you've mentioned a few times is, you know, is, is data tracking is reviewing. And and that's something we Mm -hmm. really push and, you know, everyone does that a little bit differently. So, so, you know, you know, when you're talking about tracking setups, when you're talking about reviewing, you know, give us a little insight into your, your process there. Cause you know, again, everybody's is a little different. So I like to, Steven and I, you know, we kind of like to expose people to different stuff. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Um, so I have two different forms of tracking. One is like purely price action. And then the other is going to be volume based tracking. So 
let's see, where do I start with this? Like for a certain setup, like a day one gap, I would always take like pre-market volume. I'd take pre-market high. The You can kind of do pre-market low, but it gets a little kind of iffy when you're just reviewing it later in the day. But then you would take the volume and then you take the open. Then you would get all the extremes. You know, I would always do like the first minute, second minute, high and low. Then I do like five minute. It gets it goes on and on for how many I take. And you do it like like but, like a spreadsheet by hand. You know, oh, how, it's how? it's all spreadsheet. Okay, okay, okay. I heard about like what is it called? Spikeet. Apparently, they're really good. Yep. Every yep. time they're, I try to use it, they're kind of one of the it, new ones. Yeah. Yep. I so. must be like an old boomer or something because I can't figure out how to use it. <laughs> I, it's so <laughs> they offer help, but I just keep forgetting to email them. Um, but yeah, then when I have like all this raw data then you can kind of dive into the statistics in it. So it's like, if there's uh, X threshold of volume, like 15 million shares trading pre-market, what is the percentage probability of a 10% like bullish push? You know, cause then when you have those like quantifiable numbers, uh, then it, the pattern would show up real time and you could say, okay, I mean, I can get the borrows and every eight out of 10 times, you'll get like a five to 10% push over like the open high or over the open price. And so then you can kind of like, you just yeah. dive into this, uh, statistics and, but and I, it either know, works or it just fades. I know exactly what you're saying. And, and there's a lot like say 95% of traders fail, right? Mm-hmm. And it's all oh, the lose, the losing traders. And it's funny because I bet you if you set it like all of the 95% or the vast majority, you say, all right, what's your setup? And they'll tell you your setup. And say, all right, and do you have like at least 200 samples of data? Yeah, I know where you're going. Uh-huh. <laughs> with the 200 samples, what are your findings when you've interpreted that data? And I bet you they can't get through all of those questions. I bet you they can't. No. <laughs> and, and so it's not like rocket science. It's just you've got to take the steps, right? And oh yeah. And then and the frustrating thing is, like, say for example, for me and maybe for you, I like I tracked like 500 gap crops, mm-hmm. worked super well, made some good money, and then it stopped. And now now you're at the point. Well, all right then. Now. Dude, track oh, yeah. the next track the next setup and the next data. Do you know what I mean? And that's just the game. Oh yeah. Yeah, it really is. It really is. And then overextended gap down is probably my favorite. I actually never tracked uh, data on it. Well, actually, okay, I tracked a little bit, but then I just understood how the pattern moves and all the possibilities in the pattern. So even if I wanted to track data, I guess I wouldn't have every single possible like uh, example just because the overextended gap downs have been so much different than two years ago, in my opinion, you know, cause then you would just get these crazy grinds up. that would even push green and it, it would be down like 25%. Right. And just go all the way up. So I haven't been able to track like that variation of the setup. Yeah. I mean, for me with the overextended gap downs and I'm not even the IO level, but it's, it's just a case of accepting its backside and shorten, yep. cutting, shorten, cutting, yeah, yeah. shorten, cutting, and just, <laughs> Figuring out that the, the top's going to come because the, the trade is right. backside. Well, and I think, you know, that 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 goes back to that staying in the game because, you know, again, we I mean, I'm assuming you guys will agree. I mean, w- when you're new, you never want to let go. It's like, you, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, I you know, it's that, know, it's that whole ego thing. Yeah. You know, you don't want to be wrong. But I mean, if you can evolve and you can grow to the point where it doesn't bother you to lose 100, lose 100, lose 100. Mm-hmm you know, three times on the way up and then you nail the back and you make a grand, yep. you know, you're up 700 on the day, but you know, the problem with the, with, with the newer traders is they don't want to take that hundred and take that, you know, and then, and then worst case scenario, they're adding to a loser, yep. you know, and then, and then instead of losing 300, they're losing three grand because again, 
they haven't been around enough and they, and they, and they don't know that, okay, if I take these paper cuts, you know, and, and worst case scenario, I take three paper cuts and the thing doesn't SCKT goes to 30. Well, mm-hmm. at least I lost a hundred, lost a hundred. I wasn't adding into that, yeah. you know, and, and again, that that's where it just goes back to, I think, you know, again, if you can back to the beginning of your story, mm-hmm. nobody wants to sit there and lose 20 bucks, but I think that's the key, you know, it's, it's, a, oh, yeah. or, or, or what, uh, listen, maybe, maybe you gotta, maybe you start with a 20 grand account, you're losing 200 or whatever, but nobody wants to do that. And that's why nobody's here five years later, 23 years old, you know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. That's actually kind of funny. That's the situation right now. Cause I'm in a trade at the moment and it's just, <laughs> which, it's just grinding up. I'm like, it's just uh, HX. Dude, I'm in, yeah. I'm in, H- dude, I'm in HX right now, and it's trying it up. I'm, I, I got, got like, why, why I got, I got, I got, I got, I got, I got an order ready at eleven, motherfuckers. If that thing gets there, <laughs> are you? As a multimillionaire who can give advice, like if, if I, it I, breaks eleven, I'll take it, man. I'll take it. I'll take. Uh, I'll, I'll risk right five hundred bucks at eleven. I'm, so. I'm holding HX because I'm like, this should roll over. It should be backside. It's like it's just parabolic off its highs the day before. All the shorts got squeezed out. You so, know it is, but the volume, the volume, you know, it's just it's so high. low. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It but, it, but it's high in comparison to the. Yeah. And Stephen, that's talk. why Stephen, I know you, you, you did well this morning. That that, and that's what I said. I mean, the volume. I mean, it, at nine fifteen, it was trading like a million shares. I mean, you heard me. I'm like, man, yeah. if that fucker was trading ten million at nine fifteen a.m., oh, yeah. we'd have a different scenario right now. Oh yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, but right I, now in my eyes, it's just at the moment where. I like cut myself off from taking any ads on the bounce. And then it's either, you know, you let it squeeze me out or it flops back and then I can just get back to business. And I think, you know, you know, from the, from the big picture perspective, I feel like every damn degenerate is staring at Bitcoin right now too. You know, it's like, (laughs) I mean, if I had to pick a reason why HX is low volume, it's just because everybody's sitting there watching Bitcoin today and no, you know, nobody's watching this thing, but, but, uh, uh, but uh, Jack, how are you on it? Cause like, I mean, I'm nowhere near your numbers, but I I was up 1300 bucks on it feeling good. And then like, Mm -hmm. I I give, I'm half me profits back at this point. And I'm like, do I really want to give full gains back? But I'm half me profits Uh back right now. But how are you? How are you doing on it? Uh, such a headache of a trade, honestly. Um, <laughs> I had a great short sell in the morning, and pre-market? then I oh uh, no no after the open I shorted uh, like two thousand pre market I think it's like the yeah. ten fives. Then I got like the rest of my size around like ten four, and then I was cutting into like the eleven push up into like eleven oh, you five that? because Good job. you know yeah, I scary. did cut it. I yeah, slapped yeah. it. I slapped it way harder right back down where I'm like oh that's game, nice, <laughs> but nice. uh. But like the thing about that was and why I cut it was because it's so illiquid, the halt level was actually 11.68. But the way that they pushed it into the last second of the previous candle, it moved it to 11.85. So like I was still under the impression the halt level was 11.68, which I mean, there's really not much of a difference. I guess I wouldn't have changed me like holding it. But, you know, and then the illiquidity I had. A good bit of size and that's that's not a hold i want to be in <laughs> now um, now a couple couple more questions one thing i got like um you know it sounds like pretty early on you know you know I, I, based on what you told us you know like mm-hmm. you really seem to have like good like introspection and stuff like 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 you know you were recognizing you know you know again, you were willing to take $20 losses and stuff. Do you attribute that to anything, you know, any like training or like 
parental, you know, I mean, because again, you know, I, I like to pick on, I mean, listen, most 18, 19 year olds, I mean, they ain't taking $20 losses and, and they aren't looking at it long term. You oh, know? Yeah. I mean, they, they're like, you know, you know, I want to, I want to go to a party tonight. I want 500 bucks in my account, you know, um, just curious if anything in your background kind of led to that. Um, okay. G- give me the rundown on the question. I actually had to Google introspection. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's, so, that's a good word. You, you, you seem very self-aware. Like, okay. like, like, like you, you had, in my opinion, talking with you, it really sounded like you, you know, you understood your psychology. You understood yeah. what you were doing again, when I was 18, you know, I was basically brain dead. You know, I pro- mm-hmm. probably, when I was 18 and 19, if you gave me like an IQ test, I would, they'd probably be like, this guy's a veteran. <laughs> okay. You know, terrible decisions, terrible <laughs> the decisions I made at that age. Anyway, you know, you, you yep. seem level-headed, like you had it together again. Any any opinion on maybe what led to that or anything? Or? Um, I didn't have it together. I, I knew one thing. Tim Sykes screaming, Carl losses quickly. Carl losses quickly. So, okay. <laughs> I had that going. I mean, I was just as much of a degenerate as I should have been. That's why I kept bleeding my account down because I okay. always wanted to trade. But I figured, or I realized like when when I was like in a play, it would really just start working for me. I never had to really use patience of being kind of underwater um unlike Roland Wolf I mean he, he knows his like risks so well and he knows how to like like charts form that he could be underwater but if it's within his risk he's just going to keep holding and then suddenly it would just start uptrending again he'd be selling into new highs I'm like what <laughs> I was like who are you <laughs> but uh yeah it was really just cutting losses quickly because that's the one thing that I knew I could do right and again, it seems so simple. And again, you know, psychs, people, people will give him crap about that. Cause they'll, they'll be like, that's all you ever say. But I'm telling you, man, again, him and I've been friends for 15 years. And again, it's yeah. like, you just hear this recurring theme. There's a reason he says that over and over again, you know, based oh, yeah. on just what I just said. I mean, so many people take crazy losses and they're just done. They're done in a month, you know, or done oh, in yeah. three months. And if you could follow that now, as we talked, you got to do the work, you got to put in the time. But again, if, if you're blown up, I mean, listen, I, I mean, it's like 99% quit when there's nothing in their account. So if you can just at least keep something in your account where you've got something to trade with, then, you know, year later, two years later, things start clicking and then, you know, you stayed in the game. Oh yeah. And even when I was just making like small wins where I make like 50 to a hundred bucks a day, I would just tell myself, I'm like, okay, one day that could be like 10 times that or like 20 times that I'm like, wow, 2000 bucks a day, thousand bucks a day. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, wow. So, I mean, you know, again, another recurring theme that, that I've noticed, especially lately. Um, I don't know if I noticed this as much in the past, but a lot of the people I've been talking to, um, whether it be in the steady trade team or like Roland or like you, mm-hmm. I keep seeing this recurring of, of like people with athletic backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it's probably just a lot of, of discipline is, is, is what that is. But do you, have you noticed that? Do you think, you know, you mentioned the lacrosse team. Do you, do you think it had that, that play into your trading at all or not? You know, I was, um, so I was actually always super big into basketball. Uh, 
then when I made it to high school, I was like, I- I'm going to switch it up. One, because I was going to school with like an all-star national basketball team. So I'm like, I'll oh, just kind of give up on that dream. I was also <laughs> six one. I'm like, okay, let's pick new sports, football and lacrosse. And man, I was so bad at them. <laughs> I was so bad at them. I never even knew the rules of football in high school. And I was there on the front line or yeah, just the line offensive tackle. And then lacrosse, I was uncoordinated. Okay. So I was really not super athletic, love to play. And I love to hang out with like the guys. Cause I mean, the stuff we would talk about was just hilarious, but that was nothing more than just like the team jester. Jester. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. I was much I mean, more into weightlifting and stuff. Nice. I see Roland's filling out now as well. I've seen a couple of his pictures. He looks like he's bulking up and stuff like that. Since the oh, yeah. So he looks he, like he's lot, ready he for the winner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he, he's gone big in the gym. I can see it. But um, it like I know it's a basic question, but it's an important one. It's like for the people in the first year, the first two years, other than cutting losses quickly, how can they get to the next level? How can they get to your level? Um. That's when you have to record what you're doing yeah. and like the trades you're taking. You know, I even had like a separate psychology spreadsheet for each trade that I took. But on top of like what the actual trade spreadsheet was, it was all about like the profit and loss, uh, your entry, your exit and stuff like that. And then I was just an, analyzing it with like different boxes throughout of it. Then I would go on to the psychology. Was I having FOMO? Was I revenge trading? Right. All of that because you really have to understand yourself. If you want to make it because the market, sometimes it's going to feel like it's just targeting you. You know, every single stock you buy, it maybe flops. Every <laughs> time you short, it pushes you out. And it's all about maintaining that, like, kind of higher perspective that we're really nothing much unless we're swinging, like, five, ten million sh- uh, dollar positions. We're probably not the main target in these scenarios. Right. Oh, that's a great push. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's good. your 11 target. That reminds me. That goes my profits on the day. Yeah. <laughs> I was oh, that, that, bucks up. That reminds me of, of 2015, uh, you know, again, shorting stocks. I mean, it's just like, I, I got to the point where I'm like, I thought I'm like, I'm like, Bigfoot is like targeting me at this point. So yeah, there's a liquid push, you know? Yeah. It's a sad day. I, I think I even said that like 10, 15 minutes after the open on HX, I was like, you know, I, I'm taking a loss right into like the high here just because it's illiquid. If they wanted to really just toy it and push it, they can do it. And yeah. it looks like they're kind of doing that now. Sorry about that. I, I don't know if you guys can hear that. That was my, that was my Roomba. It's, it's stuck on my cord over there. So sorry about that. <laughs> oh, no worries. <laughs> Good old Roomba. I got a litter robot, self-cleaning cat litter box. Okay. It's crazy. Now, now, what does it do with the, it, does it just like put it like you got a little cartridge empty, kind of like a Roomba or what? So, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, just right okay. underneath, pull it out. It's already in a bag. Just tie it up and throw it. Kind of reminds, reminds me of what I, that's what I'm doing with Steven when he comes over. Here, so, what is in a box? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, so again, I, uh, HX is very intriguing here. Yeah, this is um, popping off. So, all right, there we go. Um, Covered half. We're all a little distracted here. So, um, <laughs> Stephen, Stephen, any any last minute questions for for Dan here? Just just how does it feel to be a multi millionaire? That's that's it. And and what do you plan on doing with the money? Um. Well, I kind of did everything I wanted to do with the money. Okay, I bought a by the way so. Audi R8, and then 
a, a nice watch and you know that's kind of just all the plans now it's more or less just travel i want to go to like different cities for like a month or two at a time and just try nice. them out nice those are really the big plans from here on out now what did, did you graduate college then no i'm actually uh, still in school Oh, okay. I'm doing a what's, graduate what's your, program. What's your major? What's your degree? Uh, quantitative finance. Oh, beautiful. Jesus. Yeah, it's, it's something. A lot You're, of it is. That's awful highfalutin with... for us penny stock morons. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't even we, really. We, uh, us penny stock guys struggle with addi- addition and subtraction. You know, like, <laughs> what's the one with the two lines and the one with the one line? You know, it's like that, that's the extent of penny stock, guys. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was at the blackjack table in Vegas over the weekend and she would put down the cards and I'd be like, Oh, I lost my money. And then she'd give me money. I'm like, Oh, I just misadded it. (laughs) 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 I'm like, man, you could have been taking so much money from me all night. (laughs) Well, Hey, um, thanks a lot, Jack. And, uh, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. on. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now one last question, you know, Mm -hmm. so, so back to, you know, that, that, you know, your major, I mean, Again, do you, and, and listen, I'm not telling anybody out there you need mm-hmm. to get a quantitative finance degree, but, but do you think that is, has helped trading shitty penny stocks? You know, uh, The cool aspect of it is that it finally got me to push over the edge to finally learn how to program. So Beautiful. now I'm actually doing some pretty cool uh, programming with like data that I'm exporting from my nice. uh, trading software. Nice. Oh yeah, it's it's some pretty advanced stuff with the volume. That's why I'm saying I could okay. honestly not even look at the chart. And now I what? Like what language? You're like what are you doing that in? I, I'm just using Python. Python. I figured that's Python. the only one Would I you, know. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah. Know a little bit of R, but it's more for regressions. But like everything else in this program, it's more like stochastic calculus and then putting some Brownian motion in it, which that's interesting stuff. But it's mainly going to be used for like derivatives and like much more advanced derivatives, like stuff I've never even heard of, like quanto puts and. I don't know. So, 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 cool so where, like where are you at profits wise? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I kind of stopped counting. It's probably close to 3 million or maybe okay. over it. So, so do, do, do the old man a favor. Okay. I know, mm-hmm. I know I'm like, I'm like the, I'm like the dad of, of penny stocks around here. So, so do the old man a favor. You, you're 23, mm-hmm. made 3 million in penny stocks. Stick with penny stocks, young man. I'm telling you. <laughs> I, I'm, and, and, and again, uh, yeah. I've seen it, man. I've seen it because people, and, and they branch out and they start mm-hmm. doing all this wild stuff and options and, and, and yeah. futures. And I've seen a lot of bad stuff happen. So make mm-hmm. the old man happy. Three million at 23, roughly. Stick mm-hmm. with penny stocks and milk that thing for the next 80 years. And, and, I can and definitely I, do that. And, I, and I'll <laughs> die a happy man. So <laughs> I'll do that. I'll keep the derivatives to a minimum. <laughs> there you go. There Definitely you go. keep it so. there. I like uh, Steven, that. Steven, take us out. So, oh, and, and uh, it's been a fantastic interview. It's, it's an absolute uh, privilege and, and honor to have you on. It's amazing. Such a feat of what you've done at such a young age. It's inspiring. And, uh, and just thank you so much for coming on. And I hope to chat again in a, in a year or two and see Absolutely. you. Absolutely. I've been looking forward million. to that. Thank you guys for having me. This is so much fun. You've reached the end of another episode of the Steady Trade Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Want to watch the video version? Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Stocks to Trade, so you never miss an episode. Until next time.